Welcome to Everyday Martial Artist, a weekly podcast where you'll join me, Brian Doucet, as I interview a different martial artist each episode and hear their story. Some guests you may have heard of and some you probably haven't. Be sure to subscribe where all your favorite podcasts are available. Also visit our website at everydaymartialartist.com. If you're listening for a specific interview, I sure hope you'll stay and check out the other episodes. A very special thank you to Topher Williams for our custom theme music. And now, the newest episode of Everyday Martial Artist. Everyday Martial Artist is brought to you by KOonline.com for all your martial arts needs. Sparring and safety gear, rank belts, uniforms, weapons, patches, and more. Wholesale supplies made by martial artists for martial artists. Visit us today at KO-Online.com. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Everyday Martial Artist. I'm your host, Brian Doucette, and as we do every week, every Thursday, we have a brand new guest on the show talking about their life and their journey through the world of martial arts. My guest today is a Marine and Vietnam veteran, a former New York City transit police officer. He's an author, a film choreographer, and actor. He's a five-time world champion and a 15-time All-American champion. In 1994, at the age of 51, he competed in UFC number four against the legendary Hoist Gracie. Please welcome to the show today, Mr. Ron Van Cleef. How are you doing today, sir? Aloha. Very well, thank you. Good. Thank I, you so much. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. I'm, I'm excited about this. Been a, been a fan for a long time. So, oh boy. So what, what we like to do with all my guests, we we go back to the beginning. I want to know where it first started. Where did that first spark come from? That first interest in martial arts. Well, I started jujitsu in 1959 with Grandmaster Moses Powell in Brooklyn, New York at the St. John's Community Center when I was 17. H- had you been familiar with martial arts before that? Um, I was a gymnast. Oh, oh, very cool. You were definitely into athletics and stuff. So what, what drew you to martial arts? I met Moses Powell at the St. John's Community Center. I saw what he did is martial arts is so thrilling, so amazing. I had to do it. So now before that, did you know much about martial arts? I mean, had you? Had no, you, nothing. Really? Okay. You just decided to take the plunge and, and give it a shot. So, so what? I was just a gymnast and a swimmer. What was it once you got into it? What was it about it that that made you want to stick with it and keep going? What, you know, what are some of the things you remember and some of the things you really enjoyed about it? The unlimited potential that you had, you know, whether mentally, physically, or spiritually, gave you a, another dimension to work from. And what was it about that instructor? You know, what are some of the things you remember that those first few classes? What are some of the things you remember doing, and what kind of stands out about that first instructor? Dr. Powell was a realist. He's from the No Frills School of Self Defense. Um, a lot of his classes were self-defense based. So as a kid, uh, you get a chance to see real self-defense done by a, a master. Wow, that's that's kind of like uh, seeing Batman or Superman in real life. It's amazing for me. Oh, definitely. So, And how long did you study with him? Two years before I went in the Marine Corps. And so I know a lot of people, I, I guess I've talked to with military backgrounds, they do some type of martial arts in the military. Were you able to do some martial arts studying while you were in the military or did you have to wait till you got out? Actually, um, my drill instructors were karate experts. And so they helped uh, help me with the, the, the deadlier aspects of self-defense, you know. My real education of uh, you know of different martial arts started in Okinawa, where I studied under um, Master Shimabuku, who was the uh, founder of Shoran Relation Okinawa Te. Oh wow! The Okinawan Kabuto, and so that's where I, I got uh, my real start in um, Kabuto, you know, weaponry and uh, competing, you know. Okay. And how long were you able to do that? And how long were you in Okinawa? Well, I was in Okinawa for, I think, either 13 or 18 months. Oh, wow. Then went to uh, Vietnam and then Cuba, then Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. 
And at each of those places, were you able uh, to find more studying or pretty much just oh, the yeah. stuff on base? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And and then what happened then after you got out of the military? At that point, you had had a, a few years of martial arts and it was obviously something that you really enjoyed. So what, what did you seek out after you were done with your military service? Well, home on leave, I met um, Dr. Powell one time and he introduced me to Grandmaster Peter Urban. And Peter Urban mentored me until he passed away in 2005. Oh, wow. He was the patriarch of the Goju system okay. in America. He's like the Ed Parker for Kempo, but the, the Peter Urban for Goju. He brought uh, Japanese Goju over, formed uh, American Goju, Urban Goju, and continued the Goju legacy. So do you remember, that, let's see, you start, you know, Goju, do you remember your uh, black belt test and, and kind of what, what that was like? I mean, I'm assuming, you know, back then, kind of the... A, a lot of sparring, you know, a, a lot of um, usable material. Even, even the katas that I learned at that time were more functional than the type of thing you see now, which is more of a theatrical, you know? Mm-hmm. Did a lot of breaking boards, bricks in the box, that kind of stuff in my early days. Um, since Irvin was a master in breaking, you know, used to skeet shoot boards, throw them up in the air, break them, throw it all to the ground, that kind of stuff. Um, he, he was an amazing, amazing man. He, he introduced me to a style of uh, martial arts called Aikijitsu, which is a combination of judo, aikido, and jiu-jitsu, which I found to be very useful. Got my honorable discharge from Marine Corps in 1965. I became a transit policeman. While I was on that job, I did teach self-defense at the police academy. Okay. In 19... I started competing in 1966. So what drew you to competition? Was it just your background in gymnastics and already you know, having a background in competing in athletics? Is, or what, what was it about the martial exciting. arts? It was just exciting. You know, I competed for 55 years in over 900 tournaments. Wow. And did you do just sparring or did you do all aspects? Did you do sparring, form? Sparring, and weapons. Okay. Sure. And what did, did you have a preference? Did you like one over the other? Or? No. Okay. No. Nice. 900 turn. That's impressive. That's really, really cool. And what, what made you want to teach? I know you said you were teaching self-defense. What made you want to teach martial arts? I thought martial arts would be a good uh, way to build better human beings through the, the philosophical and uh, psychological uh, paradigm, you know, mm-hmm. the ability to change the way you think, the way you function, and to develop a uh, no-quitting a, a no attitude, which uh, I carry through from the Marine Corps. I thought that martial arts was a a great uh, human being development tool. So I thought that I would uh, teach as many people as I could in order to, you know, just uh, continue the the legacy of martial arts uh, of history and tradition. So what do you think in in all your years in martial arts, what do you think's changed about your teaching style over the years? Teaching has changed a great deal. I see a lot of instructors, they're not in good physical shape. And uh, it seems the higher the rank, uh, the worse shape most are in. You know, (laughs) I know people in the martial arts for 40 or 50 years. Over that time, some have put on over 100 pounds. Wow. How can that be? You know, I'm 10 pounds heavier than I was in high school. Really? That's impressive. I was 182 in high school and I'm 192 now. How have you managed to do that? Is just, are you doing martial arts every day pretty much? Is that how you're staying in I shape? I martial arts three days a week. Okay. Uh, with Kelsey Gracie at the Gracie Academy here in Hawaii. And uh, the other three days I go to the gym with my wife at uh, Planet Fitness. We uh, you know, weights, bench pressing, squats, dips, you know, 85 minutes of cardio. 
you know, that kind of stuff. I, I try to keep a active uh, conditioning program going for myself. And in other words, I try to keep my fitness level quotient up to bar. And how, how did the, the, the movies start? How was your first time and kind of tell that story and how you first got involved in movies as a martial artist? You know, I started with the Negro Ensemble Company back in 1967 in New York. The Negro Ensemble Company was a company that uh, where they taught acting, playwriting, makeup, background, wardrobe. Every aspect of theater was taught at the Negro Ensemble Company. That's where I started my education. I started the, the Ron Van Cleef Company, where we did martial arts films uh, live, like uh, choreographed sequences mm-hmm. and complete oh. stories, like a trilogy, that kind of stuff. I did that for the... Uh, for the Negro Ensemble Company. I, I worked in several plays. I was on Broadway in a play called Mule Bone. And uh, then I was on, on Broadway in a play called Kung Fu. Oh, really? Okay. Kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, I started with the East Coast Stuntman's Association in 1967, where I was uh, the only member that taught uh, martial arts choreography and action sequences uh, for films and TV. I was on Lions Hope for seven years. I was on Oz for three years. Yeah, so I'm looking through your, your IMDP page and, and looking at a lot of the movies you've been involved in. The first one that jumped out at me, I, you know, I was I was born in the in the 70s and grew up in the 80s, so one of my all-time favorite movies of the 80s was The Last Dragon. Barry Gordy's The oh, Last Dragon. Yeah, yeah, I love that movie, and, and I, had, I had forgot you were you were in that. Uh, so <laughs> I, I was very lucky. I had a chance to be director Michael Schultz before we even thought about The Last Dragon. Mm-hmm. I was contacted by Michael Schultz, the director, who uh, got my my number through Barry Gordy. I, I had worked uh, under security for Mr. Gordy oh, at cool. different times in my life. And so they hired me to do the martial arts choreography for the film The Last Dragon. Luckily, my student, Timon, won the role as The Last Dragon. That's awesome. I know I also noticed you did uh, stunts on another one of my favorite movies from the 80s, FX. I love that movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That, that was a really nice movie, too. Yeah. Uh, it was a really nice movie. Sequel is pretty good, too, but the first one was definitely better. That's, 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 that's one yeah, the I'll, first I'll, one was, was good. Yeah, I'll yeah, still rewatch it. One. It's one of those movies that it's, I, I think it still holds up to this day. So Yeah, whenever it comes on, I, I try to watch it. No, that's, I mean, that's, obviously, you've been involved in a lot. Like I said, I'll, I'll post you know, your IM. My first job was on, uh, on a show called Kojak. Oh, you were on Kojak? Uh, really? Yes, I, I was a, a cab driver. Um, on Kojak, and I, I knew Charlie Savalas and his brother George. They were so nice and kind to me, you know. See, when I was about uh, seven years old, I used to ride my bike around my neighborhood with a lollipop, pretending I was Kojak. We loved you, baby. <laughs> That's right. Really nice man. Very pleasant man. That's cool. Actually, one of the local channels here now plays reruns of that, so I'll have to oh. try to start watching some episodes. Maybe I'll catch your episode. That'd be kind of fun to see. Well, it's not just one episode. I probably did a dozen episodes on that show. Oh, wow. Okay, now I'm definitely going to check that out. And then when did the um, the writing books, you know, you've written written a, a handful of books here, too. So, you know, I know um, the one, the Black <laughs> Heroes of the Martial Arts, those one that I started I writing in 1980. Okay. I wrote a book called The Manual of the Martial Arts, oh, yeah. which became... Oh which became the textbook for the Secret Service. So I worked from the C- with the Secret Service from 1983 to 1993. I was the senior combatives instructor at the World Trade Center. Wow. The New York uh, Secret Service headquarters. That had to have been kind of cool. Wonderful. I mean, I had a chance to train thousands of agents, you know. That's impressive. Talk a little bit about this book, The Black Heroes of the Martial Arts. I was reading about that one. I had never read that one, and that actually sounds like a really interesting book. Well, I started writing, uh, my first book was... 
the Manual of the Martial Arts, which became a textbook for the Secret Service, and it became a bestseller also. My, my next book, I wrote a series of books called the Ron Bankley Guidebook of Self-Defense of Martial Arts. And okay. the, the Ron Bankley Guidebook, a white belt book, a green and purple book, a brown belt book, a black belt book. After that, I, I wrote a book called uh, My Autobiography, The Hangman. And uh, I started writing the Black Heroes books in 1996, which I finished three, Black Heroes 1, 2, and 3. Presently, I'm working on the documentary, uh, Black Heroes of the Martial Arts. I'm in post-production on another documentary called The Super Weapon 2. It is a uh, sequel to the 1976 Super Weapon 1, the classic. You know, 70% of the people that worked on that film have passed away already. Wow. And so I wanted to uh, reboot that title and continue that legacy of uh, great martial arts from all over the world. So I decided that I would not only do just a uh, one more feature, but I would do four superheroes and make it a series. So okay. we're in Super Weapon Two now, three and four. Yeah, I'm reading and looking through all these on your on your website, and that's you know, and, and my my other project that I've been working on for about five years is the Tower of the Black Dragon. It's an animated film. It will be a 90 minute animated film of myself, the Black Dragon, with my voice and. Uh, it's like a, a black James Bond character. Okay. With all the special effects, the gimmicks, the flying shoes, all kinds of stuff, you know. And when, it, so, when are you hoping to have that ready to go? Well, that's going to be ready next year. Okay. So is that going to be, be finished. streaming online like, somewhere? Yeah. Is that going to be in movie theaters? It's going to be uh, in movie theaters. It's, it's going to be on uh, all the, the uh, pay-per-view channels, you know, like uh, Amazon, okay. uh, Apple TV, uh, Showtime, HBO, Cinemax, all of that. And uh, on top of that, the other project that I've been working on is the Tower of the Black Dragon. It's a video game. And Epic uh, Epic Games just picked that up. So we're going to have that out in uh, March. Big uh, time for me because March 3rd, I will be in Columbus, Ohio at the Arnold Classic where I'm being inducted into the International Sports Hall of Fame with LeBron James and Tiger Woods. Wow, congratulations. That, that, that's a big thing. That's March 3rd to March 6th in Columbus, Ohio. And that's one thing. Arnold Arnold has, seems to really support the martial arts at his event. Very lot, nice so. man. Yeah. Very ni- we had a FaceTime yesterday. He's a, he's a very nice man. So I know you, you've mentioned the Black Dragon a few times, and some of the, some of the listeners may not know about your, your nickname and kind of how you got it. Do you want to kind of tell that story where the, the name the Black Dragon came from? You know, I, I've been in tournaments since the early 60s, and... Uh, I was at a tournament in New York. I had just lost to a gentleman by the name of Joe Hayes, an amazing, amazing martial arts person. He beat me by one point in the finals, and so he was the grand champion, but I had won the heavyweight division. When I got back to my seat, Bruce was sitting next to S. Henry Cho, one of my teachers, um, said that you're the Black Dragon. I said, I don't know what, what, what you mean by that. I just lost. He said, it has nothing to do with it. You're the Black Dragon. So it, it, it stopped. Less than 10 years later, I started in the film about Dragon. So thanks, Bruce. You know, And he was a pretty cool guy. We had a chance to work out several times, had a chance to spar with him and do some chi sao, you know, things. So he was a really cool guy, a really cool guy. He was ahead of his time. So, yeah, definitely. I've, I've read that a lot, and I've, I've interviewed a few people who knew him and got and, to train and, with him. And a pleasant, a very pleasant so then, scholar. He's a scholar. Your opinion, then, I mean, how there's so much 
online arguments over, you know, a lot of these young kids these days don't think he was as good as people claim he was. How good was Bruce Lee? He was great. He was great. So do you think he could have competed with today's martial artist if he was, you know, in his prime oh, yeah. nowadays? Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah, he would have been one of the best lightweights around. Talking about competing and fighting. So in 1994, you, you decided at the age of 51 oh, yeah. to, to take at a chance. And, yeah. And do, and do, do the, and 11 months, 51 and 11 months. Wow. So almost 52. So what, first of all, how, how did that happen? Did they contact you? Did you contact them? And, and what? You know, I watched number one on pay-per-view mm-hmm. and I watched number two on pay-per-view. Uh, Semaphore Productions had an office in New York. And it was right down the street from a gym that I used to work in called the Red Do Physical Culture Center, where I taught a lot of movie stars, mm-hmm. Cindy Crawford, uh, Robert Kennedy, just a, a real long list of, of movie stars. So Sarah Jessica Parker, just hundreds of actors and actresses and movie stars. Vanessa Williams, uh, Donald Trump's wife, uh, Marla, I taught her for three years. Wow. Uh, so... Um, it was uh, a great place to train people. It, it was, Radu was the physical culture guru of the 80s in the United States. You knew anybody that was somebody, they came to his gym. It's a pretty interesting place. Okay. The most well-equipped gym I've ever. And I, I worked with Radu for about 10 years. So, so what made you decide that at that age to, to jump into a cage and basically fight full contact? I saw number one and number two, and I said, who would not want to do it? No rules, no weight division, no time limit. I mean, what person that considers himself a martial artist would not want to do that? Really? I was a, 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 like a kid in the candy store. That was a, a wonderful, wonderful experience. And the fact that I lost to Hoyt Gracie doesn't mean anything. It That's was right. a wonderful experience. And if not for Hoyce, I would have not been uh, able to see the technology of the Gracie uh, Jiu-Jitsu. And I've been studying Gracie Jiu-Jitsu since 19, excuse me, from 2011 to now. Wow. And Elson Gracie, Hoyce's uh, older brother here in Hawaii, that's um, 12,000 students in Hawaii. Wow. He fought for 25 years, was undefeated for 17 years. Yeah, I, I actually, I remember watching UFC 4 because we used to get all of them on pay-per-view. It was a great experience. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? Oh, yeah. I, I've yeah. taken a lot of shit over the years. You know, horse kicked my ass, this and that, that and that and that. It doesn't really matter what anyone says. No. Nope. It's something I wanted to do. I did it, and I'm very happy that I did it. And after I fought horse, I became the commissioner of the UFC. I created the super fight. I did a lot of stuff. I created all the basic rules that they now use in mm-hmm. the different athletic organizations for the UFC. I went, I, I uh, represented the UFC in court, even against uh, Senator McCain. He called me a, a pit bull. You know, I mean, the, being the commissioner of the UFC, I was able to create uh, not just a super fight, but I, I created the cards for number six, seven, eight, and nine. Wow! It was a, it was a, it was a great run. It was a great run. So, what are your thoughts now on on the current UFC and what it, what it's become since the nineties? You know, I don't really enjoy the UFC as much as I used to. I enjoy the athletes and, mm-hmm. and the competitors, but there's there's a lot of there's a lot of corruption, there's a lot of biased kinds of uh, deals done. Some fighters get uh, half a million, another guy gets two thousand. It's you know it's it's kind of kind of weird, you know? Yeah. I don't like where it's headed. There's so much shit talking, cursing, 
at the press conferences and, and just acting like fools, you know. And this is not what I consider uh, true martial arts to be because they have no moral code of ethics, you know. Oh, it's, I, it's I agree completely. Me. I used and to watch some of them. Are so talented, they're so they're so talented, man. One hundred percent, I agree. One, I like I said, I used to watch it all the time, and I just I just don't watch it anymore. I'm mean, you know, it's it's not the same, and it kind of has I have that. A lot of more things that that fight New York City. Yep, a lot of things that fight New York City, and uh, yeah, the event itself is spectacular. It's still spectacular. Some of the best MMA people in the world fight mm-hmm. New York City. You know. So, do you ever get to watch any local? Do they have local MMA in Hawaii? Do you ever get to watch oh, local, yeah, local yeah, events? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been to a few events here in Hawaii. Okay, that's it's actually quite popular. I started competing, let's see, 79 now. I started competing four years ago in jiu-jitsu. Oh, really? I've competed in about 12 or 13 tournaments. Okay. I competed, uh, I have uh, seven or eight medals. No gold ones yet, silver and bronze. But uh, I competed two years ago, actually just before the pandemic, okay. at the World's uh, Championship in Las Vegas. Wow. I lost my second match. But it was a wonderful, it was my first time competing as a purple belt. And I was a white belt three years. I was a blue belt five years. And I've been a purple belt for about two and a half years now. Congratulations. That's really cool. So it's, it's, you, know, you know, I took off my black belt, my red belt, whatever you want to call it. I took it off and put on the white belt because I felt as though I wanted to develop a ground game and balance my martial arts education. I spent over 50 years doing stand-up game. And I realized after fighting boys at UFC 4 that I needed to ground game and that's what I started to do from that point. So did you do before you started at your current school in 2011 did you any any other ground training after you fought in the UFC? Oh yeah I, I trained with Henzo Gracie in New York. Okay. I trained with several different people. Okay. Uh, it's a spectacular sport. I mean it's really a spectacular sport. Oh definitely. And you can do it forever. I mean you'll see guys in their 50s. Uh, you know a guy just started class yesterday. He's 61 years old. Helio, he I mean, how, how yes. old is Helio? And he's he was still teaching and stuff. So yeah. Well, I I rolled with him when he was ninety five, so I know he was still wow very active. You know, the day he passed away, he had went and trained at home and trained at the dojo. Came home, went to sleep, didn't wake up. I mean, what a wonderful way to go! Yeah, wow, and a really cool. really nice man, a super sweetheart guy who, while he's talking to you, he's smiling at you, telling you to calm down, but don't use so much strength to just relax, and flow with it. You know. A really, really nice man. Just to be able to say you got to roll with Helio Gracie, that's some, <laughs> that's cool. That's really, I mean, I, I, I've, I've met a couple of the Gracies at some events over the years, but never got to roll with any of them. So, that, so let's say someone came up to you and, and said, uh, you know, they didn't know you and they just said, hey, I hear you do martial arts. I'm thinking about getting involved myself. I've never done it before. What are some tips you'd give them? What, you know, what to look for, I, what I, to I would, avoid? I would recommend um, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. I really would. I, I think that it's uh, they have a very good self defense uh, program. Their combatants are, are really well designed. You know, self defense to them is like it looks like a kata when you do it, but it's actually self defense techniques that you do under certain situations. So there's a probably about 140 of them. I know maybe 50 of them now. As um, my teacher Ron Shiraki and uh, Professor Helson Gracie, they said that I will make black belt in another five years. Wow. So. I'm working on developing my combatants. The, the test for black belt is really um, your, your knowledge of the combatants. I've been concentrating, I guess, for the past year and a half on learning all of the 140 or 150 of them, which I may never be able to get all of them. 
Mm -hmm. but I, there is a central train of thought that follows the technology in basic jiu-jitsu. So it, it uh, allows me to pick techniques just by watching, you know, that they're a, 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 almost natural instinctive uh, movements. And uh, it, it's a lot simpler than um, karate self-attacks, a lot less moving parts. Well, the objective is to disable them and get them down to the ground where you can finish them off, you know. I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's it's uh, it's my happy place. Uh, when I go to the dojo, it makes me so so supremely happy to be there. No matter how bad my day was, when I get on the phone, I start to roll. It's all good. Life is could not be better. That's good. I mean, good for you. I mean, now, last night I got three six minute rounds. It was nice. really good. Then we wow. did drills for about an hour before I got a chance to roll. Okay. So it's it's really fantastic, you know. I had eye surgery last Tuesday, so I'm wearing some protective goggles on my eyes. You know, other than that, I'm I'm enjoying it. Very well. That's good. That's the important thing. That was uh, that's been kicking my butt for the past nine years. You know, <laughs> so uh, it was really good. And I didn't submit it, but he said, "Ron, you were really close." <laughs> he said, "Another five seconds, I would have tapped." Wow. That's and cool. I had him in a north-south uh, choke, and it was it was really kind of cool, you know. Yeah, and as long as you're enjoying it, that's the important thing. You're enjoying it, and you're learning new skills. There's nothing better to do, you know, for me. There's nothing better to do. So fortunate to be able to still get on the floor and roll with the guys because everybody's twenty years old. You know, I mean, there's <laughs> there's nobody there's nobody in, even in their fifties in the dojos. Wow. You know? That's too bad, actually. Well, hopefully, we can get some it's, more in there. It's it's sad, but the, the few people I've seen that were fifty or late forties, they were in terrible physical shape. Okay, you know, um, they were they were capable of what they were doing, but the endurance wasn't good. The strength ratio wasn't good compared to their ability. You know, as you age, your body changes, and you have to do more than you did when you would, you know, take supplements every day. And make sure that I do something every single day for my fitness. That's good. Every single day, no matter what. So when, when COVID hit, were you able to keep training? Did they do virtual classes? Oh, the dojo do? closed for a year. So and then so what did you, you do during that year? I have a, a, a Chuck Norris a total gym at home. Okay. I, I took that out of the box and uh, I got on there every day. And uh, I ran, I rode my bike, I, I swim a lot. Uh, so, I mean... You can do stuff, but it doesn't help you out for when you get back to jujitsu. Because right. when I went back after a year and three months off, I was really yeah. my wind, my techniques, uh, my timing, everything was was off. You know. Oh, even just the cardio. I mean, like you can you can run and bike all you want, but that's different than rolling on the ground cardio. Do, it's not that the same. doesn't do shit for you when you're rolling yep. with a two hundred and sixty pound guy. Yeah, my, I, my sparring partner in the dojo. Is six foot eight. He's thirty five years old, wow. and he weighs three forty. Name is Alejandro. Imagine six foot eight. Oh. He is an amazing guy to work with. When I he puts you in side control, you you need a, a Derek or a crane to get up out of that. No matter how much you shrimp frame or whatever you want to call it, you cannot get up from that. I've tried to choke him, and <laughs> uh, I got him in the guillotine. When you have a twenty four inch neck, it's real hard to close. And wow. Choke. Sounds like, and sounds like fun, though. One day, he picked me up like he'd turn over an eggs in a pan and <laughs> threw me flat on my back in, in, on the floor in the, in the dojo. I actually uh, broke five ribs that day. Oh, wow. And then I also bit through my tongue. Ouch. Six stitches of my tongue. So. But it was fun. There's not injuries. <laughs> I mean, 
you know, it's, it's, it's a combative sport. Yeah. You know, there's no kick in the puncher, but a lot of the manipulations, I mean, I was choke, choking dummy for two years when I started there. Everyone, everyone, nice. everyone, choke, choke, choke. Took two years for me to be able to uh, defend the choke, you know? And then they go to the armbar, and then they go to uh, Kimura and Omoplata and, you know, and, and Crucifix. Uh, you know, it just keeps going. It goes on and on and on and on and on. And that's the beauty of the art of uh, Jiu-Jitsu. So I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm, I've never been this happy on the mat. That's great. Oh, that's the important thing. So so in, in all your years of martial arts, if, if you had to pick, or most of my guests can't pick just one, but if you had to pick one martial artist to put at the top of your list for someone you truly admire, who would that be? I guess it would be Grandmaster Peter Urban. He had the most uh, influence over me. We actually were roommates for three years oh, at wow. his dojo on William Street in New York. Got divorced with my second wife. For uh, I went to live with Sensei Urban in the dojo, and it, it changed my complete life to see how you know how he was, how he really was. Mm-hmm. And he was a prolific author. He was a chess champion. And he trained with Yamaguchi in Japan. You know, I mean, he's, he trained with Masoyama. Wow. All of these great stories and the great history and legacy behind him. He gave me so much that I'm still working on that material to this day. He's the one that inspired me to write my first out of 15 books. Well, it's a good good person to pick then. He was an amazing, amazing man. He passed away in 05, 2005, um, cancer. I've been so fortunate. I trained with the Remy Presses. I trained in a style called Modern Arnis, mm-hmm. which is a combination of Silat and Kali and right. all these yeah. other blade and, and, and stick wood weapon things. Um, amazing, you know. I started studying Wing Chun with Bruce Lee, and he introduced me to Yip Man in Hong Kong. You know, I lived in Hong Kong 10 years, so I had a chance to train with Yip Man. Wow. Yip Chun and, and both the sons. So I, I kept up my Wing Chun there with uh, Grandmaster Leon Ting. I'm still training in Wing Chun under Grandmaster Samuel Kwok and the pure Ip Man uh, lineage. So I'm trying to stay active. I know that karate is too dangerous at my age to do, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I've had several injuries. I had my eye knocked out in a socket. Uh, I was sparring with Billy Bunks about years ago. He kicked me in my own thumb, went in my own eye, and pulled my left eye out of my socket. Wow. And it fell into my left hand. Dang. So imagine in front of Billy Blanks' students, maybe 20 or 30 black belts, and about 50 students. We're sparring for like a half hour. I spar with like 15 black belts. Then I spar with Billy again. And bang. Thumb hit my own eye. My eye came out of my socket. And, and walking on my hands and knees in Billy's dojo, bleeding on his mat and trying to push my eyeball back in the socket. Wow. Wow, right? Yeah, that's crazy. To this day, I'm still suffering from that. I just had my fourth surgery this year on my right eye. Yeah, that could have been, probably could have been a lot worse. I mean, but... Yes, I could have lost my sight totally then. Seems that I will lose my sight eventually in my eye, but, uh, you know, it's, it's going to take time. So do you have a favorite philosophy you've learned in martial arts over your lifetime? Um, you know, my, my favorite philosophy is something that Sensei Irvin taught me when I was like 15 years old. He said, let's go, keep going, and there is nothing else with your life. So let's go is the initial uh, impetus for you to do your best all the time in every way, in every, you know, every category. And uh, keep going means never stop. Quitting is not an option. And there is nothing else is life. You just have to keep going until you become extinct. 
That's a good answer. Yeah, that's, I love that question because I've never had anyone give the same answer on that one. So it's one of my favorite oh. questions to ask. So now you can't pick one of your 15 books. Do you have a favorite martial arts book yourself that you've read? Yes, the Karate Dojo, one of Cynthia Urban's books. Oh, okay. It stands the, the test of time. It is a classic. Right it tells you down. about the history of martial arts, um, the beginnings of judo, jiu-jitsu, karate, kung uh, fu, the philosophy and, and the psychology of martial arts scholars. Um, Sensei Urban was a, um, he was a genius. He, he was another person like Bruce Lee. He was way ahead of his time. Okay. He was an amazing man. Besides being a great martial artist, he was accomplished, an accomplished pianist. And I uh, used to sit in the dojo. He had a piano and he would play Chopin and different things. He was, he was an amazing, amazing man. Yeah, He's the godfather of my first son. Oh, wow. Yeah, I actually just found the book. I've, I've actually never read that one, so I'll have to add that to my Karate list. Dojo is a classic. Okay. It is one of the best ever done. Oh, I will definitely. We also did one, The Psychology of Martial Arts, okay. which is really good. Nice. I will write that down and add it to my list. I, that's, I love adding to my library. Whenever my guests usually recommend well, a book, I'm, I'm I try to I'm finishing a book it. now called Zentences, The Layman's Guide to Zen Psychotherapy. I'm about one month from um, putting finishing it, so... I will send you a copy of it, Brian, when it's finished. Oh, I think perfect. you like it. It's it's a inspirational and motivational uh, book. Okay. So uh, I like those. Does it have anything to do with martial arts at all? No, I, I love books like that. I love motivational. Yeah. I, I read a lot of those. Probably half my library's motivational books. So <laughs> the other half's martial arts books. <laughs> do you have a favorite martial arts TV show? Not really. Okay. Not really. Weren't a, weren't a fan of like Kung Fu or any of those shows or Walker, Texas Ranger? Um, actually, no. I, okay. I knew Bruce at that time. I knew David Carradine. Uh, and I didn't like what happened uh, yeah. to the script. That's understandable. So I wasn't really a fan of the show. And and I knew David uh, quite well, actually. I met okay. him maybe a dozen times. Ed Parker introduced him to me at the International Championship in Long Beach. Ah, nice. Seven. I've been, I've been to that once. I was out there in August of 95. I went out and drove, drove out from Minnesota to attend that tournament. Ed Parker took me to uh, his dojo, and I met Elvis Presley. And Elvis Presley, wow. that was master's belt. I was there with Bill Wallace and uh, Jumbalucci. Okay. And uh, Ed Parker and that whole crew, I met Red West. You know, and Elvis was an interesting man. He was, he was grossly overweight at the time, but he was... Um, he was interesting in that he left Kempo. Yes, yes, he did. No, he funded the internationals for all the years that he did it. Yeah, no, he was a huge, huge supporter of martial arts and uh, uh, and and a nice man, yeah. very pleasant. He was he was very uh, very kind, you know. I never got to meet uh, Ed Parker. I, I met Ed Parker Jr. and he was actually a guest on my show, and I've uh, visited his I home. I came to Mr. Parker's dojo um, in Pasadena. Interesting. I, I I lost one time to at the Long Beach uh, Internationals. Mm-hmm. I lost to a gentleman by the name of Steve Muhammad. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. I lost my second match to him, and Bruce Lee told me that uh, Steve had the fastest hands he had ever seen. Really? That's what Bruce Lee told me to my face. Wow. Steve Muhammad had the fastest hands he's ever seen. But that was kind of cool, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. And over the years, Steve and I have, have worked uh, several times. We were in Panama together for a month, uh, teaching the military down there. It's, it's, you know, there's, there's so much talent, Brian, in, yes. in the martial arts now. There really is so much talent. 
Oh yeah, so, yeah, and it's it's just more and more. And now with the, with, with with the internet and everything, it's easier to reach out and contact, connect with people, and and find that talent too, which is good. You know, in August I held my uh, Ultimate Warriors Hall of Fame, where I inducted 114 people into the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. and I had a chance really to to understand that the global impact of martial arts is limitless. Yep. People were on with me on that Zoom all over the world, Spain, Japan, Philippines, Africa, Kuwait, Dubai, Turkey, Amsterdam. You know, I mean, it was just an amazing, we had 47 countries on our feed. Wow. So I decided to do Ultimate Warriors Hall of Fame 2, which is going to be February 19th. I'm midway in selections of my uh, inductees right now. Okay. I've selected 116 or 26, but I'm going to stop at 150. So I'm still looking for talented people from all over the world that would like to be represented in this one thing. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking on your website at the list, and I recognize a, a lot of these names. There's a few of these people that have been on my show or are going to be on my show soon. That's No, we had Mike Stone. We had everybody on the first one. I mean, it was really... Wow. Cindy Warfrog, uh, Doug Wilson, Benny DeJet. Um, Benny. And I just got a call from Steven Seagal two days ago that he's going to be in our Hall of Fame uh, February 19th event. Okay. So that that's really cool. And also Wesley Snipes. Nice. Yeah, I just saw Cynthia Rothrock's name on here. I'm going to be interviewing her in about a week and a half. So. Oh, she's a wonderful lady. I've known her for 40 years. Ernie Ray Sr. I actually met Ernie Ray Sr. and Ernie Ray Jr. in like 1991 at the Diamond Nationals Karate Tournament in Minneapolis. <laughs> Ernie and his son, I casted them to work on The Last Dragon. I hired Ernie Sr. and Jr. to nice. work on The Last Dragon to do choreography and to do a fight sequence. They okay. were excellent. Very they were truly cool. excellent. Dan Severn. I actually judged one of Dan Severn's fights many years ago. Dan Severn and I, we did our first uh, event, the uh, UFC Fight Camp. 1995. Imagine 1995. Wow. With Ken Shamrock, uh, Dan Severin, Voice Gracie, and myself. Wow. It was really spectacular. No, oh, that's an impressive list. I can't wait to see the, the updated one. A final question for you. And this one, you, you can't pick one of the ones you've been in, though, but do you have a favorite martial arts movie? Uh, you know, my favorite martial arts movie is Mad Monkey Kung Fu. You're the second person that said that. I had another guest say that last year, too. <laughs> That's cool. That is a classic film. I, I knew the choreographer when I lived in Hong Kong. The star of the film was an Olympic, uh, Chinese Olympic uh, gold medal champion. He was truly amazing. If you see it, it's got some of the best choreographed sequences ever. I need to watch ever. that. I, I honestly, I, any film. Yeah, I don't think I've ever actually seen it. I know one guest talked about it, and I looked for it. And choreography find it. was way better than the than the Last Dragon or Enter the Dragon. Really, way better. Not even in the same uh, hemisphere. I will definitely have to find that one. So it's a classic. Now I definitely want to watch it. That's for sure. So I'll, I'll watch any martial arts movie. I'll give it a shot. And I had a chance to study with uh, one of the teachers, choreographers of that film when I lived in Hong Kong. He was called the Monkey King, and okay. he was like a four foot nine guy that jumped up on my shoulders and palmed me in the top of my head. Wow! During the sparring one day. Nice. I mean, actually jumped up with spring, like he had a spring in his legs, and landed on my shoulders and palm straight down into the top of my head. My neck hurt for weeks. <laughs> wow. 
That's impressive. You you definitely led, led an amazing life, and, and I'm I'm so glad you're still well, still doing martial arts and still enjoying it. I'm enjoying it more now than probably ever because when you're young, you you just excited and it's just such a wonderful new experience. What's happening now is I'm, I'm appreciating the martial arts more so. Going to the dojo is is my highlight of the day. It's truly my happy place. Even no matter how down I am or whatever, I go to the dojo do some drills, do three or four rolls. I'm the happiest person on the planet to be able to do this at my age. That's great. I mean, that's I'm, 79 next month. Wow. It's not a joke. I mean, there's no one near my age in the dojo. Even Helson Gracie, he's 10 years younger than me. Oh, that's great. I mean, I, I, that's so impressive. And like you said, the important thing is you're having fun and you're enjoying it. That's the, that's the thing that matters the most. That's, you so. know, the most important thing is that you're enjoying it. What I get from martial arts is not just the... Uh, the charge from using the energy, and I get a great feeling of family in the dojo. We call it Ohana here in Hawaii. It's the, the Gracie ideology is so different from the martial arts, or from any martial arts I've ever studied. In the, in the dojo, we're all family. And when, when we roll together, there are people on the side telling you what to do and how to get out of different moves. They're helping you. You never get this in the karate dojo. They just beat you into the ground. You know what I mean? It's it's a wonderful. I mean, I'm I'm blessed to be able to go and train with uh, Helsing Grace at the at Rocky Academy. It's just uh, it's just wonderful. It, it truly is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I'm I'm so happy. You know, I have a couple of websites, uh, RonVanTree.com, and my new website is called BlackDragonFan.com. Oh, I'm trying to. Finished with the martial arts app called Instant Self Defense, which will be probably finished next month. So I'm, you know, I'm trying to just create a legacy that uh, people w- will be able to look at and see the line of martial arts that uh, goes completely through my life. Well, I will add each of those websites into the show notes when when we publish this episode in a couple of weeks, and make sure that oh, people yeah. have the links for all of them. I'm copying them and pasting them in there right now, so I don't forget them. Yeah, no, I will definitely any and any other links you can think of in the next couple of weeks that you want me to add, I can put I'll put oh, no, just ronbankley.com yep. or blackdragonfan.com. Okay. Yep. I got both of those on there. And I'm on Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Perfect. Yeah. And I'll put I'll put your IMDB page too so people can check out like the movies and stuff you've done and everything too. So that'll be good. But I just I just want to thank you. It's been so cool to hear your story. I'm hoping you know getting maybe... ready to do a zombie movie. Oh can you imagine? Really? This will be my first one. Leo nice. Farm wrote a film. The Savage Seven, uh, which we're going to shoot in June in the Philippines and in California. Savage Seven, uh, we are zombie hunters like uh, paratrooper special ops guys that have special uh, talents. Some even have superpowers. Big suicide squad with more martial arts. Very cool. So I'm excited with that. And then I just got offered a role with Michael Jai White. Ooh. In a film called Make a Difference. Okay. He says it's uh, boys in the hood with martial arts and not gangs. The, the role that I'm playing is my first teacher, Dr. Moses Powell. Oh, wow. So this is very special for me to be able to uh, play my teacher on the big screen. It's like awesome, you know? Oh, yeah. That's really cool. I mean, anytime you can do something like that and kind of connect to your past that way and, and show respect, yeah. that's really, really cool. So life is good. My wife, Kathy, my son, Kai, uh, my oldest son, uh, Shihan, he's a poet. He works for uh, Apple TV. He just wrote his first 
martial arts movie. Super happy with my wife, Kathy. She's a great motivator and she's helped me get through my PTSD and my dementia and stuff. Uh, onset dementia in about three years now. Messes with your memory, you know, and uh, that's why I have to keep active. It's a sad way to go, though, yeah. when you're losing your mind. And my mother passed away last year, last April, in 97, oh, and wow. I took care of her for eight years here to Hawaii, and she okay. had advanced dementia. Sorry. Didn't know who I was, and you know, it was a very, very sad uh, situation. Yeah, yeah, it was wonderful nice. to take her from Brooklyn and have her live with me and spend the last eight years with me here in Hawaii. You know, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, some of my older listeners will hear your story and, and some of the ones who think, you know, I'm too old to do this. I'm too old to do martial arts. And I'm hoping they'll hear about you. Imagine I walk into Helsing Gracie's dojo at 67 years old. Nice. All I see were kids on the floor, you know, (laughs) kids, I mean, thirties under, you know what I mean? And I said, you know what? I have got to do this. This, this is it. I found, you know, and I ran into Helsing at Costco. I was buying a flat screen TV and I turned around and I saw him. That's great. The amazing thing is I hadn't seen him since I fought Hoist. He kissed wow. me on the cheek after I fought Hoist at UFC 4. That was the first time that I saw him. He said, Ronnie, Ronnie. He ran over and he kissed me. It was like, oh, wow. Said, you have to come to my dojo. And I've been there ever since. That's awesome. And I will make black belt. I'll be 83 or 85 at the time, but I'm in no rush. Oh, as long as, as long as you stick with it, that's the important thing. I mean, you just I think keep after with I it. make my belt, I will continue my training, but I will move into even a softer style of maybe Tai Chi or Qigong. It's injury prone, right? You know. Oh yeah, um, it is. It is. I just it's and it's, it's just, of course I'm old. If I was younger, you know, sometimes I do four or five five minute rounds in one class. The next day, I'm walking around like I'm a hundred years old. Everything hurts. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I, I don't think you know what that means. <laughs> Everything hurts. Like, I got up this morning, my hands, my wrists, my elbows, my neck. Like, I sat on my neck last night uh, in the north-south position trying to put me in a Kimura, you know? So, it, it's just spectacular. I mean, it's just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful way of spending your last years on the planet able to develop yourself in so many different ways it's just an impressive story you're inspirational and i just i'm 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 so glad we got to do this i I truly appreciate taking the time i'm gonna be 80 years old before we know it and i'm gonna compete again as a black belt i I made it a goal to when i make black belt to compete one more time but you'll have to let me know when you do i i definitely want to know how it went and and how you did yeah, well, I want to go back to the Worlds again in Vegas. Wow. And uh, the competition is stiff there. Oh, my goodness. Some of the guys are so good, you know? But it, still, there's no one near my age. When I went, uh, I've been to the Worlds a couple of times. Uh, at about 50, that's about the oldest I've ever seen um, actually competing. Well, Ron, I, I just want to thank you for your time. This has been so much fun. I've, I've Ryan, loved hearing your story. It's my pleasure. You know, um, you ever want to contact me, you got my phone number. Um, my email is ronbankleaf at yahoo.com for anyone interested in continuing the conversation. I'm just, you know, I'm here. I'm going to be active for whatever time I have left. I'm, I'm so appreciative and grateful that I'm still able to do this. You know? Oh, it's, Most it's, of my friends 
that I started martial arts. More than half have passed away. With the other 50%, I'd say 60 or 80% of them have had heart attacks, strokes, and they're in walkers and wheelchairs and canes and all that stuff. Wow. So I'm, I'm in the last of, in the last, I, I looked at a picture two days ago that we took back in 1990 with seven grandmasters. And when I look at it, I'm the only person still alive. In wow. That and that's kind of sad. Because Ronald Duncan, Michael DePasquale, Professor J, Wally J, uh, Professor V, all of them have passed away. People don't realize that that's a legacy, that's a complete history of martial arts, the golden age of martial arts in America. Golden age. That's why I'm doing super weapon. That's why I write Black Heroes of the Martial Arts, because I don't want people to not know or forget the history of martial arts in the world. Oh, and that's where I am, Brian. Hey, I thank seriously. you so much for inviting me. You know, thank really, you. I've, I don't I've, really I've, do many interviews. Oh, I'm I'm glad we were able to do it. I, I loved hearing your story, and, and uh, as soon as the episode is edited and ready to go, I will send you the link. So, all right. Thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist. We hope you will join us every week for a brand new episode with a different martial artist telling their story. If you enjoy the show, be sure to leave us a review. Also, be sure to check out our website at everydaymartialartist.com. There you can find all of our episodes and contact us to suggest guests and ask questions. Again, thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist, and we'll see you next week.